What's up, nerds? Welcome back to another episode of Canode Knows, brought to you by Dig BMX. I uh, hope you had a Merry Christmas. This week on the show, we got Carl Pointer. He had a huge impact on my riding, and uh, I'm sure some of you guys as well. He's doing a lot of cool stuff with his brother and his, uh, his bike shop slash skate shop slash uh, paintball shop out there in Newcastle, Indiana. And I learned a lot about Carl's journey through life and the BMX career and what he's up to now and what the future looks like for him. So uh, thank you guys for watching. Smash that like button and hit subscribe. Share the show with your friends. This is the last episode of 2022 for Canode Knows, and uh, I, I'm super glad things are going the way that they are. I appreciate every single one of you guys for watching and listening and supporting. Before we get into it, go to rarlife.com and use promo code CANODE to get 15% off RAR Superfruits. That's enough for me. Here's Carl Pointer. My name's Carl Pointer. I'm 17 years old from Newcastle, Indiana. Here's my part in this film on a five-day road trip. <laughs> What's up, Carl? <laughs> How's it going, Bobby? It's going you great. The, you got the intro down. <laughs> yeah, I've watched that video part. So that, that, I don't know when it came out, but, uh, when I was in my formative years of writing, that was the first video that I was like, holy shit, I'd love this. Like, cause I couldn't relate to dirt jumping. I couldn't relate to anything and the shit that you were doing. I was like, I think I can learn that. And then I learned backwards manuals and you, you shaped my entire writing style when I was 16 years old, like from that, when you're like really in it and trying to learn everything, like I was basically just trying to copy you, which is surreal and here we are you know 17 years later talking over the yeah. internet that's awesome uh flattered flattered bobby appreciate appreciate that man that's, yeah, that's, that's really cool appreciate that a lot what was it what was it like in the beginning of your like so who's your carl pointer if if my inspiration is you who did you see doing <laughs> shit that you wanted to emulate so if if depending on how far we want to go back so I used Let's to race all the way back. Oh yeah. You came from racing. That's why you can manual racing. everything. So yeah, you, you, usually some people are surprised by that fact. Cause I'm not necessarily like hauling ass type rider, but then also some people was like, Oh, that makes sense. Cause I love the manual. Right. So a lot, a lot of bike control came from racing for sure. So, you know, fast forward to the very beginning. I mean, <clears throat> I always loved bikes ever since I was three years old, you know, just, I think the training wheels came off at two or three, like very early. And I just, was always on some type of bike. And then it wasn't until I was nine that I, it was like, okay, this is, it's BMX, you know, like, um, so, which I'm sure we'll get in this. I have an older brother. We're super, super close. And I'm sure we'll get into details of, of, uh, that relationship, but what's his name, Kyle, Kyle. All right. Yeah. And, um, so we got a little bit of an age gap between us, um, 15 years and, um, we lost our mother to cancer pretty early on. I was seven. Um, and then we actually, not to go too deep into, started off with heavy stuff, but um, we also lost our father to cancer later on in life too. So um, long story short with that, my brother really stepped up and raised me in a sense, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, so we had a 15 year age gap. So when I was, you know, when my mother passed, I was seven. And then, um, when I was nine is when I really started like getting into BMX. Like my, we, we didn't really didn't have, didn't have funds, you know? So like, I remember my bro going to like our local bike shop. Well, it wasn't really a local bike shop. It was, it was a city over and there was a closest shop to us. He got, we got two bikes. He put them in layaway and just paid on them until we could get them. And then, uh, he had a specialized fat boy. 
Nice. I had a Robinson Rebel, which I wish I still had that frame. I got rid of it and I, I wish I still had it. But uh, so that was my first bike, Robinson Rebel, all black. I eventually stickered it completely. Like I remember the whole frame, I had it completely covered in all kinds of stickers from like poor boy stickers to allied, like a lot of these old brands. I think some guys out there probably remember um, from way back, but, um, and kind of rewind on that a little bit more too. Before I was even born, my brother was really in heavily into paintball and he competed, had teams travel around for that. So that was like his thing, his outlet growing up um, when he was a teenager. And then uh, he didn't really want to see me get involved in like a team sport or deal with all the, you know, the issues that kind of come in with team dynamics and a team based sport. Obviously, with riding bikes, it's it's just you, you know, it's, that's just the beauty of it. You know, you kind of so he that's that's one reason he was always into wanted to be into bmx when he's younger and that's why kind of he's like let's get a couple of bmx bikes you know so you put him in layaway we finally got him out and then we just started riding you know you know how it starts when you first get that true feeling of being on a bmx bike and just yeah just pedal down the street just the freedom of that right like yeah uh, it's, it's just it's kind of hard to describe <laughs> but you get you know but you, you know what i mean and everybody uh, listening knows exactly what you mean yeah so <laughs> and that was just that was it, man. Like, uh, just that feeling of just being free. And then obviously riding with my bro and then, then our closer friends and his friends started getting into riding. Uh, we seeked out the local track because obviously him coming from the paintball background, it's pretty competitive sport, you know? Yeah. Um, so we kind of seeked out, all right, well, there's BMX racing. There's a track like 30 minutes away. And, um, so we went and just kind of dove head first in, like, I think, um, uh, we just started, went to the local race, checked it out. Um, entered the rookie class and just dove in went, went, went headfirst into that and just, uh, had fun from that. Then started racing the state race, then the regional, then I did national, you know, and, um, I had no idea. That's awesome. Yeah. You so did nationals. Mean, yeah. So it was, I mean, there's so many, I'm sure we'll go through the whole, all the different eras of riding through line, uh, riding career, if you want to call it that. Um, but like, that was some of the most fun times of just traveling around and beat up old cars was going to make it to the race, you know, and like yeah. literally, literally traveling with straight up $200 to our, to our name, you know, yeah. like enough to get there. We're splitting a cheeseburger on the way back to get yeah. home, you know, and like just traveling to different tracks and, and just racing and just doing that together. And, um, that was, that was, that was some of the best times. So that's like, that's where really, like it really started for me was to price and bmx you know yes and that it sounds like you're spelling it out like it was just you and your brother traveling to these things was yep. like how far apart we shouldn't gloss over you lost both parents to cancer that's fucking heavy man yeah, um, it's, that's was your dad around a little bit after your mom was gone yeah sure and um <clears throat> not to get too too heavy on this either but had a little bit of uh um uh, alcohol problems there slightly super hard worker was a great dad still you know all that good stuff um but um you know that stuff can take hold a little bit you know and then um but before and then he ended up getting cancer later on uh, he was a heavy smoker you know back you know that era you know like smoking yeah. you know that was just like the thing you know right it's a working man who drinks his beers and smokes yeah. his cigs, you know? yeah i mean yeah. uh but super hard worker and all that good stuff and uh and he uh on a really good positive note, I'm super thankful for he kicked the drinking and um 
we had some great last years with him before, you know, he passed, unfortunately, due to cancer um, as well. So, so just, re- you know, obviously cancer is a pretty evil thing. Uh, I think everyone is, has been affected with it to some degree, probably, you know, within their family or friends or yeah, uh, it's one of those things that's just pretty uh, really unfortunate and doesn't really make sense why it exists. But, yeah. And it's not fair. It's like, yeah. why, why me? Why my mom? You know, that's so, yeah. fucked. so, you know, like I said, so obviously that played a role with, the relationship my brother and i the bond we have it's pretty you know it's super super close and um i owe i mean i owe i owe pretty much everything to my brother i mean he was just really been there for me every what every which way and and uh yeah i owe a lot to him for sure yeah so, and that's God. i mean that's a good positive that's kind of you know everybody has their mm-hmm. thing that they're escaping or not as you know for yeah, yeah it's coping is getting uh, getting obsessed and getting involved with something mm-hmm positive like bmx or paintball or skateboarding yeah. or mm-hmm. anything that you can channel sure. all that like angst and energy into um so when did free coasters come into effect you started racing and then what like <clears throat> who was your who was the first person you saw rocking a free coaster that you're like what is that i want to do that uh probably rick Monterno. yeah that's i just learned that on the rat boy episode like yep. he, he was doing that way early it was crazy super early he was doing sliders too i mean obviously i'm a big fan of the slider so yeah. <laughs> uh, he was doing the sliders across the street spines you know and stuff like that and uh but uh yeah definitely rick was probably one of the first guys i saw with a free coaster and you know after i kind of went through the racing phase uh, i think at the end of 2000 around 2001 so i was pretty young when i kind of was like all right i want to really i think i was 12 and um 12, 13, somewhere around there. That's when I really started getting in there. Like, okay, freestyle, this is, this is cool. You know, you can really, uh, it's a, it's a super cool creative outlet. You know I mean? Freestyle yeah. is just, that. you kind of do, do whatever you want. The racing was awesome. Like I said, and, um, I, there's definitely a competitive side of me for sure. You know, I love, you know, with racing who crosses the finish lines, the winner. Right. So, um, but with freestyle, you know, it's, 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 you're competitive with yourself. And I like that aspect too. And, and just being creative. I feel like I've always been into, um, even back element, you know, elementary days of being in school, uh, I was in art and stuff, you know, I'm just trying to be creative with that. And that obviously carries over to writing, writing. Bikes Everything. And stuff, yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, I mean, um, that so let's see, I apologize in advance if I get different airs mixed up. Cause it's, I'm just, it's been a while since I've really t- thought this far back and kind of talked about it, but uh, it's pretty fun to think back on some of this stuff because pretty good memories. Um, and then, um, so after, like I said, start after racing, start getting in freestyle riding. And then um, I was already kind of doing, I was already doing fakie stuff with the cassette. I just, yeah. there was something about that, that I was just into fakie stuff, you know? And yeah. then um, I can't remember what year it was, but uh, my bro got me a free coaster for a Christmas present and um, nice i want to say when was that i'd say 2003 or 2004 ish i think is when i got early on on, to be on one yeah Yeah. pretty pretty early on for sure and funny enough uh it was in this building that i'm studying in right now which we'll get into all that too i'm sure but uh we had our shop in this building we were renting it at the time and we had a mini ramp. There was a quarter pipe right behind me. And then, you know, on this side was another quarter pipe. So it was a little mini ramp. And that's where I 
first started getting used to a free coaster. It was in the Just middle of winter. Back and forth. Yeah, it was in the middle of winter. There's snow everywhere. I'm in Indiana in the Midwest, so it's uh, we obviously get a bunch of snow. And uh, so, yeah, just back and forth, getting used to uh, a free coaster. And that's kind of where it starts. Like, all right, this is awesome because I'll be able to adapt this to the fakey stuff I was already doing. And I'm always, I've, I've always been into trying to make riding look good as much as possible. You know, I think I think if it looks good, you, you feel good doing it too, you know? Yeah. So I was doing fakey stuff. And in my opinion, you know, with a free coaster, it just looks, looks super smooth. When you were doing fakey stuff on a cassette, did you learn full cabs? Before yeah. you got a precursor, because yeah. me too. And then yeah. I found out that I was dependent on the pedal pressure to do the full cab. And yeah. I think like you are <laughs> one of the few precursor guys that I saw using pedal pressure, and yep. I was like, I can do that too. And then I figured yeah. figured it out because I learned with on a cassette as well, and then mm -hmm. translated it. And then same thing with five forty cabs. Yeah, <clears throat> you run a like shockingly small amount of slack on your precursors. Yep, it's watching uh, your parts. Yep, it's pretty. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty minimal. Uh, nothing insane, but it's it's just enough to where I have a little wiggle room with that foot position if I'm doing like a high speed 180. Yeah. But you do got to be a little bit more on point. But it's I like I like having that little bit better engagement. I never never was a fan of how it felt to have like a half crank. It just yeah. didn't feel good to me, you know. So I was like, just doesn't feel good. So I, I so I really just dialed in my foot positioning, and yeah. and then I use crank pressure, like you said, on certain tricks and. Um, especially if I'm like fakey 180 or half cabin over something, I use that pressure for that pop. Yeah, I was gonna ask you that because there's a clip in your into the void part where you're in Arizona at this school with the blue lunches. You do feeble 180 cab on flat, and then you half cab over a blue thing. And I was like, did he just engage for a half cab? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> fucking interesting. That part, yeah. that's that's pretty wild. Yeah. So let's talk. I mean, Shook It's On is my beginnings for you. You're 17 years old, so you've only been riding the free coaster for a couple of years. Who, how did that get started? Did the crew that was filming that? So it's all Chad Shackelford, who I met briefly once, but like, yep. what, what was it like? Did you get, were you just at a skate park and got invited? What's the story behind you having a so, part? I guess rewind a little bit even before Shook It's On. Um, so just like the racing days, right? Like we traveled around to races, same thing with freestyle. Like back then, there's a lot of events now too, to get me wrong, but back then there was like a lot of skate park events like all over. You had like um, the Changas, you know, always doing uh, yeah. doing their big contest. You had the Baco jams, you had- uh, Midwest was popping off back then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then even too, like, you know, the FBMT1 contest, like that era in Texas, um, that was one of the standout comps like, um, that stands out to me, but so we were traveling around on again, little funds, junk cars, uh, you know, bar on cars and the tie rod, you know, breaking on the way back. And we're driving 45 miles per hour all the way back from New York because on a donut, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. so, so same thing. Like we just started go, traveling all around to different contests and stuff and checking out different scenes and like just going in, you know, uh, head first and just loving it and just learn as you go. Like sometimes I kind of really i miss the day sometimes when i didn't know anything you know what i mean like everything was new and everything was a new exciting whether it's like a company a part a rider a new skate park like yeah that's that's that, that 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 was fun you know and um so as i was going to all these different contests um i was pretty young i was doing manuals and different types of street oriented tech tricks i guess you could say and started to slowly get noticed 
And then I got in a, I think my first clip in a like actual BMX video was a, a props issue for that FBM D1 contest. Sick. Um, I've never seen that. Man, you, you should look that up. If you haven't seen it. It's, it's yeah. a really good, uh, good vibe uh, video. You could just, you could just feel the, the energy that was at that contest. Um, I love that. So we, you know, it was like a 22 hour trip for uh, me and my bro. And then we had like a handful of dudes at that time that just went on a big road trip and uh, went straight up, checked out Ninth street trails, you know, all that good stuff. I'm trying to think what year that was. Uh, I wish I knew that year off the top of my head, but, but that was my first video clip. I like back then I had like, I dressed in all black, you know, I think I had like uh, a studded mohawk, like studded on my helmet, all black, like punk rock era style. Nice. But uh, so that was my first clip. I think Stu filmed that, Stu Johnson. And um, shout out Stu. Yeah. So then, you know, then I, I even got, we even went up to the La Rev contest in Toronto. If you, the Primo La Revolution contest, you remember those at all? No, nope. before my that time. Might, might have been before your time. <laughs> though you should look up some of those too. That's um, uh, put that to your list. The, the Primo La Revolution contest. They had La Revolution, like L E and then Revolution. Is I think it might have been L A. LA then revolution law revolution maybe yeah um so they had one in Toronto and they had one um the main ones uh four seasons in Milwaukee okay so like the four seasons one that was the first time I saw like pros that were like freestyle riders you know I remember rolling yeah. up to uh rolling up to four seasons in Milwaukee and like I, I saw Ruben Alcantara's van because it was oh, always shit. Neil ads. And like, yeah. I knew, I knew it was his van. I was like, Ruben's here. This is, you know, this is, we walk in and there's like, I remember it to this, like, I remember it vividly to this day of like this, the music that was playing. It was like instrumental, like pretty calm, chill music. And just the pros are just practicing in, in four seasons. And I, that was the first time, like outside of seeing like pro racers, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I saw Ruben and Taj and all those guys and, um so how'd that feel what you did you end up did you want to like go say hi or what it, it, i was probably pretty shy then i would say um but i was eager to get out there and just ride so i went i just started riding and like that time like there's a big bowl in the back of uh, four seasons and i was doing like manuals around the bowl like the whole bowl and i'm yeah. like you know i'm like 12 thir 13 13 i want to say something like that yeah. and i'm doing manuals I had to do them like straight up because I was so little, I couldn't hold it low. So oh, my back shit. was like this. <laughs> <laughs> so just like straight up manuals because that was my balance when I could find, you know? And I remember like, if Leland Thurman listens to this, he's probably gonna, he'll, he'll get a kick out of it. But I remember him, I was on the deck, I was riding a metal Kiz and obviously him, Jim, Jim Van back then was super tight and uh, they were doing metal. I think Leland was helping out then possibly. But I had a metal Kiz frame, 48, uh spoke rear wheel i remember leland sitting on the deck like scooting up behind me thinking i didn't see him trying to examine my bike because they thought like i had like a willie manual bar or something on my bike i don't oh, know they thought something was like rigged up on the bike <laughs> so i thought that was that was pretty funny so anyways like i you know you know as you go you start traveling around and if you're riding and stuff and kind of trying to uh you, you begin to get noticed you know kind of how, how it all goes right and yeah. um and then, um, so as time went on, I'm trying to remember how I, cr I crossed paths with Chad Shack and um, Jamie from Shine. And uh, 
Scooter. I don't know if you remember that career. That was like kind of the main guy. Scooter, Jamie Caloose, I think was the last name. And of course, Chad Shack. That was like the main guys with Shine back then, which which was before Shook. Yeah. And they they rolled through like a local contest in um, Indianapolis on an outdoor concrete park. And um, I think they had maybe knew saw me randomly in some different like contest videos or whatever, you know, and um, got to know them a little bit better. And then like I was a fan of Chad's riding, too, because Chad, yeah. Chad Stack was one of the more um, underrated riders, in my opinion. Like he he did a lot of cool stuff, street oriented, four peg, breakless slider stuff you know, rocket manny stuff. Like he did all that stuff. It, he uh, had a split part with, uh, Ian. Yeah. 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 System video. Yeah. One yeah. of my videos too. That system video is one of my standout favorites. Um, yep. that's probably, that's probably one of the best split parts in my opinion. Yeah. The Ian Schwartz part for Chad sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, um, so shook, I want to say it was the first issue scared to, or, it's on look no scared to look shook scared to look okay so um they did an 18 and under trip and that's they so i got we, i got invited that that's how my, the real relationship started happened with uh chad and shook and stuff so that was before shook it's on so then uh, i there's a shook part of you that i haven't seen then scared yeah to look? so, so yes yeah, shook scared to look 18 and under trip it's me chase hawk got chase d hearts on that trip uh, Tony Nyers on that trip. Um, uh, this guy named, uh, Vincent, uh, Vincent, um, uh, I can't remember his full name. Um, but he did, he was one of the first guys to do a bunny hop bar spin crank flip. Oh, wow. The, uh, what do we call that now? The helicopter. Yeah. 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 Um, and then there was another, uh, Changa local, I believe he was a Changa local Ohio guy, Jordan Stewart. So it was all 18 and under kids um on that trip and we started in ohio and went all through the east coast new york city like all major cities there is like a two week long trip and that was like that was my first trip by myself with like out my bro i was i, I said i was i mean i was 13 i think then on that trip 13 14 maybe damn that's wild i gotta find that yeah so that's cool that, yeah you so I'm, I'm, I'm hitting you with a list here of some videos yeah really, for real really enjoy these um i love it so, you know, like I said, you had Chase D and uh, Chase Hawk and, and Tony Nyer and like guys like uh, on that trip. Um, and that it's was a hell cool, of a crew. That's an yeah, amazing that, crew. That was a cool, um, that was a pretty cool experience. And like I said, that was, that was my first time traveling on my own. I mean, I was, I was, only, I was a 13 year old kid, you know? Yeah. Uh, What's your biggest like memory from that, you know, from that specific trip? Like did the craziest trick you saw from either Chase, one of the Chases or uh, Nyer? Because Nyard is a savage. I think he's been a wild yeah. man since then. What sticks man, it, out in your head? Uh, I don't know if I have just one thing that really pops out. It was just really just soaking it all in, you know. Like I said, being the first trip and just being around a bunch of different styles of riding, riders, you know. Um, yeah. There was one kid on here that, on, there, on the trip, too, that I didn't mention, Ray. I think he was from Albuquerque, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, he was like feeble grinding rails and stuff. I thought that was pretty, yeah, pretty cool. You know, um, dude, thirteen years old, you should be like in eighth grade or freshman year of high school, right? Yeah, somewhere around there. Um, yeah. Did BMX take over school? Did you do? Did you do the whole finish <clears throat> finish school thing? So yeah, I graduated. I, I did finish high school. Um, 
I always made sure I passed like all that good stuff. I definitely didn't um, flunk out anywhere or anything like that. Um, but bikes definitely was like a focus for sure. You know yeah. what I mean? I was always, I was missing a lot of school for traveling, but I always made sure like I got, got the work done to pass the class. Um, I always nice. got in trouble with school. Um, I had to do community service for missing too much school. Uh, <laughs> like a bunch of kind of weird stuff like that. When what on. kind of community service? Picking up trash and stuff. And like, yeah. I'm like, I'm I'm doing community service with like real deal, like kid criminals, you know, and like yeah. I'm in trouble for riding my bike. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, that 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 trip was rad. I mean that that shook trip and and then like so obviously I formed a relationship with Chad and then and, and then like a few years later I start they invite Chad invites me to do uh, the film apart for Shook It's On and and that part um, I, I was getting known as a writer before then as a as a younger kid as a writer you know and then that part was was I it was like really what um, pushed it over the edge, I guess, as far as like the freestyle stuff. I just got on Sunday right before filming that part. Nice. Yeah. I was watching it and I was like, I, I wonder if he was just rocking a Sunday frame or if you were on Sunday, like you got Sunday flow. How did that happen? So, um, that was actually a Stephen Hamilton frame because the Sunday frames weren't made yet. Um, that, that was like very early on Sunday where it was just bars and forks and Jim just announced it, it was just all I had was bars and forks. Cool. So like, one of the original, I was one of the original writers on Sunday. Um, it was That's me, fucking dope. me, Vinny Salmon was original, I think. Um, God, who else was what? Hoder was an earlier on guy, too. Yeah. Um, who else? Ian was fairly early. Yep. Um, Eli Platt was on there, right? It's hard to remember the OG yeah. Sunday squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I re somebody recently t reminded me that Mike Hoder was on the OG Sunday squad, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah I did some trips with him and stuff. Obviously, a ton of, ton of crazy en energy with him. So this is a big deal for you. You get Chad Shackelford to ask you to film a part, and then he only gives you five days? Is that... Here's yeah, my partner's filming a five-day road trip. Yeah, like he, I, I got invited on that last because Brad Sims, he'd already been on some trips filming for his stuff for that. Yeah. He had a part in that in that uh, video. Big part. Yep. Yeah. Um, so a lot of these guys had already been filming, and then I kind of came on last minute to the because he, I guess he already had kind of a that was the last trip for that video, and I was like, I'm gonna just do what I can, and nice. uh, uh, thankfully it worked out. Like I just you know, I was obviously super motivated, um, being on that trip and just getting on Sunday and, um, just super motivated and, and just being around those guys too, was, it was easy to, to get inspired at each spot we went to, or, you know, what's your favorite clip of you from that part? Um, I, I want to try and make a mental guess before you answer. Or I'm pretty bad at answer. like, I'm pretty bad at asking favorites, but I'll try to, I'll try to pick, pick one out. Um, I'm trying to remember those clips. Actually, um, I haven't watched that part in a good while. There's uh, one where the song changes and you 180 or you 180 go fakey for a while, full cab both ways, and then turn around and do a th big 360. I like that one. Okay, um, that's in, that's in Atlanta downtown. Um, this one maybe isn't really necessarily a standout. I don't. I wouldn't think, but um, it was cool at the time, especially at the time. Like, so I just did a double peg on like a flat square rail, and it's, he he's filming along like up high on this hill. Yeah. Drop manual and then from the and man, hop, rail hop, hop. Or rail. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
so into that the grass was, uh, bank. I know exactly yeah, what you're talking about. That's that a good one. Pretty, yeah, that, that, that was because Manuel to hopping over a rail to, yeah. to, that, to that, you know. Dude, I had I had troubles manually to hopping up a curve. I, one time, I set my wheel down too 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 fast and just went straight over the bars. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so then, what happens after that that video? I mean, it's such a different era. This that video yeah. came out when it was legit. DVDs were the only thing. There wasn't such a thing as web videos. They yeah. were just coming out. I think like 2000, 2008, 2007, 2008. And uh, I remember I would go to my buddy's house who had like a mini ramp in his backyard and they were the little bit, the biker crew in middle, middle in high school. And they put that DVD in and blah, 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 cool trails. I can't, blah, blah. and then your part yeah, came yeah. on and I was like, what is this? You know, but what happens, what happens after that for you? Um, sure move the needle a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, Road Fools, I think was fairly oh yeah after that um yeah. i may be skipping over a decent chunk I, I i felt like i feel like road fools 15 was not too long much longer after that um who got hurt and then you came and replaced is uh, that is that what happened right mike Aiken, no uh mike aiken was having a baby okay and he had to leave and then yep. they brought in carl yep. yep yeah yeah shout out mike aiken uh, yeah yeah so that was uh <clears throat> And even before, I guess even before, even rewinding before that, there was kind of an era too where like I got on UGP um, and the AMS because they had like a kids AMS team. There was Scotty Kramer, me, Patrick King. Wow. Uh, so that that was pretty cool too. I mean, and, and that's back during like the Roots Jams eras and stuff. You know, yeah. another another uh, amazing, very important contest. era. Yeah, yeah, that contest. That was a, as a super really really good event. Um, and then one of the last roots roots jams i think maybe it was that's when they started announcing um shadow and they had like the all you saw spray painted was i think the shadows upon you and no yeah. one no one knew well obviously some people knew but majority was like what is this they kept it pretty pretty uh you know secret you know they did a good job of that and uh so then i was on ugp am at the, that time so like i started getting flow shadow parts in 2002 which is i believe when shadow started with 2002 um if i'm not mistaken again i could i could be getting some of these airs slightly mixed up but i think it's pretty accurate um and then that kind of that relationship with ronnie and and shadow and stuff developed at the same and then also with sunday too and jim c and all that stuff um they all kind of started developing together yeah i think it's brilliant the shadow the way that shadow started of just the the secrecy the like yeah the shadow yeah. conspiracy it's a yeah. cool cool marketing idea i assume it, it's ronnie's idea it's, yeah it's, yeah i mean it was something different too that you know bmx didn't really see too much of you know so yeah. that was, it was something new to bmx and something a little bit interesting and different and um yeah it, it was cool yeah it makes me think about that period of time because like so there's like account right now dc the dc bmx tapes have you seen that account yet on Instagram, I think I have. I it's, think I have. it's such a trip to down memory lane. There's a bunch of unused footage that was that people they were filming Dave Mira and other DC writers like Colin Winkleman, and now they're posting all this all this unseen archived footage of like behind the scenes of photo shoots. This is like, I think in the 90s, 
And it's just a trip to see how, like how big of a deal they, they show behind the scenes of Dave Mira filming a Slim Jim commercial. And I'm like, dude, like that's like big time, big money stuff. And then it feels like it went like there's an opera, like the nineties was like the golden era for like big, crazy sponsors for BMX. And then there was this like period of time, maybe in the two thousands, the, that it, it just kind of, there, there wasn't that all the sponsors seemed to pull out, you know, the, like yes. the big, the big weird sponsors. So yeah, there wasn't that much money. Yeah. There's, there's kind of a, a couple different ways, I guess, different eras. Obviously Eddie in the, in the eighties BMX was booming, you know, every kid wanted to bike, all that type of thing, you know, be, before my time, you know, I was born in 88. Um, and then nineties, that's kind of when I started going underground and like bikes were tanks and super heavy era. And then, um, I think I think 2000 was a, was was a good time for BMX though. Like there was that's when like a lot of the contests. I mean contests were packed. Um, yeah. Some of those contests I was m- mentioning earlier uh, was su- super packed. And the, the ghetto jams, you know, in New York, yeah. FBA, ghetto comps, the roots, all that stuff. And uh, that that was a. I'm thankful that I was able to be a part of uh, that era of BMX. Like I was, it was cool to experience that at such a young age too. You know, being like early teenager. Yeah, um, and coming from newcastle and making yep. just driving all over the country to go yep. to these things what's your favorite contest like memory big trip <clears throat> out of all out i'm sure you went to a whole bunch of them but yeah you're, um, not, good, you're not good at picking favorites but pick one carl yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean really i kind of kind of skimmed over a couple i mean the fbm t1 t1 is, is a really standout um i think anyone that was at that event would agree like that was a really just again, check out uh, for anyone that's watching, check out the, the props section of the FBM T1 contest. Yeah. It does a good job of just the energy that was there. I mean, the decks were completely packed and it was, it was a smaller, it wasn't like it was some insane, amazing ramps, you know, it was the ramp branch. It was a cool skate park, but like, you know, it had, it had a street spine, you know, you had some ledges, you had, a, you had like a couple hips of the quarter pipe, a little bit of a street section. And then there was like a couple cores out back that I was riding the whole time, you know, like just, it, it was, it was just really good energy there. Um, but that's yeah, dope. that's a standout one there for sure. Um, yeah. So. Okay. So let's move on to uh shadow into the void. Okay. Well, first I remember the little teaser video of like, welcome to shadow. Like yep. you, I think you filmed it mostly in Orlando. I like, yeah, it was all, all Orlando, but I guess there's kind of a theme there. Like all my, some, a lot of my video stuff was like filmed on like one trips yeah. <laughs> for real. I remember seeing, I think you did switch feeble to 180 up on a ledge to full cab off. And that was one of the first times I saw that. And I was like, damn, that's a dope trip. I want to do the trick. And right. like you said earlier, like you did make shit look clean and smooth. And I always loved that. I appreciate um, that. So I mean, and then, so like, if I'm looking at Carl Pointer video parts, it kind of ends at into the void. Am I right? Is there, or is there, there's like web videos for Ezra after, after that, but is, is there any like full-blown sections that you did for that I'm not, that I'm actual DVD, DVD video parts into the void is probably the last, no, uh, Eastern death of fun. Oh yeah. Shit. Yeah. Had the, yeah. that, that was, that, that's probably one of the. I think that's the last one again, like, uh, it's kind of, it's, this is fun trying to remember back actually to about the stuff. Cause I haven't, haven't done that in a good while. So, yeah. um, so we might get some things mixed up, but we'll, we'll do our best. Um, but yeah, Eastern was the last full length video part, like DVD. And then aside from that, there was like web videos or 
Who filmed Into the Void? Who are you filming? Johnny Devlin. Johnny Devlin. Legend. Johnny Devlin. Yeah, yeah, he's one of my good, he's one of my best friends to this day still. What a guy. I got to film him when I worked for uh, Sabrosa and lived in Orlando. And he's just a character. A, a yep. create, creative as fuck, dude. Like the, the clip, he does a 180 Smith and then lands up on a loading dock and then does a 180 hand plant on a pole off of, yep. off of the thing. I'm like, dude, that's so sick. And I don't know, just interesting, crazy, wild style Johnny Devlin. Johnny, Johnny's rad. He actually came and visited me on his way through um, not too long ago. So he's able to come and, and check out the, like the new shop. And uh, he's actually in the middle of construction, but um, he was able to see my area. And he, he had been in my area before, way back, um, year, years before when we first started, when me and Johnny first started um, riding together and stuff. He came through and I went on a trip with him up to Wisconsin. And we met up with Jeff Kay and rode Four Seasons and Street and Madison, Milwaukee. So like, that was a really cool, um, fun trip. So like me and Johnny's done some traveling together even before shadow. Nice. Uh, so, uh, and we met through Baco jams in Florida. Yeah. And so, like, we, so we you traveled down and you got to meet him at the jams and then, yep. I we mean, just, you got the UGP connection, you got the shadow connection. How long were you with, uh, I guess Sparky's in general? Cause UGP, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know if UGP was ever under Sparky's is it? No, so <clears throat> obviously Ronnie started UGP yeah. way, way back and he um, sold UGP and when he sold UGP, that AM team and stuff kind of, I don't know if it was forgotten about with the new owners or, or, or what, but that kind of uh, ended there for a second. And then... Um, Later on, I be, I got on the UGP Pro team with the new ownership, and it was Chad DeGroote or DeGroote, either way, which way, either way you want to say it. I've um, never heard it said DeGroote. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Even Chad will say it both ways, so he'll, 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 he'll keep you guessing. But um, he was a TM for the 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 new kind of re, uh, UGP V2, you know. Yeah. So um. So yeah, UGP was never part of actual Sparky's. I don't think he sold it before he started Shadow and stuff like that. That's um, so interesting. I got to talk he, to him about that. I think he had Sha he had UGP when he first started Shadow, but soon after sold UGP. That's how. Yeah. What yeah. was it like? How long were you with Shadow? Um, like I said, getting flow parts since the inception of the brand, and then, um, I think I pro team um 2007 nice. i think yeah around 2007 um and if if i remember correctly ronnie uh gave me my first paycheck as a writer i believe oh that's a memory you'll never yeah. forget we were set i remember sitting down outside of uh sparky's distro and um the yeah, agent sat me down and said we want to bump you to the pro team and you know start start paying you a little something, you know? So that was, that was a cool, that was a cool moment for sure. Hell yeah. and, um, and, you know, early on when I very first started riding, that wasn't like a goal or something I even thought about. Like I never did. It's a lot different now. Like I think, which I ain't trying to knock it, but I think a lot of kids are too, too eager to ride out of the gate, be like, all right, I want to sponsor, you know, yeah. like, I remember back then, I didn't even think about it. It wasn't even a goal. I just loved riding bikes and I wanted to just learn tricks and 
and just progress like that. And then obviously as, as things progressed and I started going to different contests and gotten some videos and then that interest started coming, you know, I was like, okay, it'd be, it'd be cool to, you know, ride for a brand and, yeah. and become a pro rider one day or something like that. It kind of comes naturally when you reach a level of like people notice you when you're at events, you know, like yep. it's a, it's a yep. thing. And that's the whole, that's the whole idea behind being a sponsored writer is you're a walking billboard, you know, you yep. like if, if nobody's paying attention to you, like just putting it into it. I see kids with their, in their Instagram bio sponsor me so I can go hard for your company or something yeah. like that. And I'm just yeah, like, yeah. No. Yeah. It, it, I, I wish that could be a little bit different. And, you know, even with our shop, we try to um, instill that into like the younger generation. Like, Hey, there's nothing wrong with wanting to get sponsored and this and that, but like, let, let's, let's really enjoy just pedaling your bike and having fun with your buds or doing tricks or going to the skate park or riding, riding a curb in your hometown or whatever it is, you know, like yes. really just enjoy riding and let that stuff come. If it's let it come naturally, man, like it, it, yeah. it come. And then once, once that starts coming um, and you start kind of seeing there's, it's, there's some possibility there, then like, you know, you put a little extra focus in that direction, I guess, but like, don't, uh, don't forget uh, why you kind of started pedaling in the first place, you know? Yeah. Facts. That's real. Man, I, I treated uh, getting sponsored like the finish line. I, I think yeah, I've yeah. said this, I've said this before, but I, you know, I got hooked up by GT and then I was like, yeah. cool, that's it. I'm done learning tricks. I'm sponsored, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, that's a whole nother, <clears throat> that's a whole nother thing too. Like, I mean, once you become like a sponsored rider or a, a, a assigned pro rider, there's stuff that comes with that, you know, like you there, you're going to become, um, someone that some kids or riders are going to look up to regardless if you want that or not, that's what you're signing up for, you know? So there's stuff that comes with being like a, a true pro rider. You got to kind of set the, set a good example too, you know what I mean? And, uh, I've always kind of, um, that's always been important to me. And I feel like I've done a pretty good job of like representing the brands I've ridden for and, uh, try to have some type of positive influence on like the, the younger generation of riders and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think that's important. You know, I think, I think there needs to be more of that uh, mindset. Not that, not that there isn't now because there definitely is, but I think um, I just, I don't want us to lose, forget that, you know, forget the aspect of, uh, of it. Cause uh, there's definitely things that come with being a true pro rider, you know? Yeah. For um, real. So. When did it end for you? So like what, what happens after shadow, after shadow is it eastern they don't compete or do they does t well, what, yeah what happens after shadow so <clears throat> when i was on shadow and i was on sunday at the same time and then um i both parts companies at the time right or because was sunday making frames at this point Sunday then? was doing frames so that's how that okay. worked out that ended up being able to work out where i was um I want to say, again, I could be off on this a little bit, but at the time, I don't think Shadow was doing bars and forks. I could be wrong. So I, I was with Sunday with frame, fork, and bars. I'm pretty and sure, regardless definitely, regardless, definitely frame for sure. But I'm pretty sure it was forks and bars too because Shadow wasn't doing that at the time. So that was, that was the two main sponsors with that. And then um, I think I was getting flow from like low tech for shoes. And then I was on UGP Pro Team as well. And then um, I was with Sunday for a few years, a uh, few, few solid years and um, some, 
the team started changing around a little bit, I guess, different new riders coming in <clears throat> things like that. And, um, um, I had become really good friends with a lot of the guys that was on Eastern at the time. And, uh, that kind of all led me to maybe thinking about the idea of just a change. Mm -hmm. And so I left part of ways with Sunday and then got on Eastern after a few years of being on Sunday. And, uh, like I said, I was, I was friends with a lot of the guys on there, um, already. And it just, it, I was already like doing some trips with them in general, just like regular trips together, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Who are some um, of the names from Eastern that you were friends with? Uh, Zach Rogers was one of them. Um, Eric Holly was on there. Eric um, Holly, fucking legend. Yeah. Of course, Lee Ramsdale was TM and, yeah. and Road too. He seems um, like fun. I've never met him, but he seems like a fun dude to yeah, be around. Sure. Lee. Yeah. Always joking around. Um, yeah, it's always a good time with Lee. Um, I haven't seen Bo him. Oh, legged Lee. That's yeah. <laughs> uh, not anymore though. I don't think, I think he, I think he got the surgery done. And, oh, uh, hell yeah. Good for him. I'm quoting some shit from some video that I saw <laughs> 10 years ago. So another really good buddy, good friend still to this day, Adam Banton. He was on Eastern too. Nice. Uh, Love Adam. We, we became close um, through like props road fools and trips like that together. Yeah. Uh, and like, yeah. Cause you were on the rock and roll tour, dude. Yeah. No, it's yeah. all coming back, man. Yes, I was, there it is. Dude, I was geek, geeking out over any KP footage, dude. <laughs> and then I think that one of the first, I'm pretty confident you did at one of the, one of the rock and roll tours, you did fakey up a bank to hop to fakey rocket manual bar spin yep. to hop yep. back to pedals down and back in. And I was, I tripped over that trick for <laughs> a very long time. And I have one for my part coming out next year. So I'm excited. Thank you, Carl, for that idea. Awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Man. That's cool. Hype. That's awesome. Um, and, and then, um, there was also some trips, like some QBP distribution trips that I also traveled with other Eastern riders at the time too. So like we just became, I just came pretty tight with a lot of those guys. Nice. Um, and there was some other stuff too with Eastern that was, uh, at the time, um, during that era, Eastern Eastern's changed a lot to, to today compared to what it used to be for sure um a lot's changed over there but they were doing complete bikes at the time yeah as well. and um that was appealing to me because um i really like that aspect because i i really like the idea of like the company offering something for like little billy to get his first bike or whatever versus just being like a high-end frame only being yeah. offered you know i always i always like like that and eastern had like a pretty good just clean cut positive Vibe. I remember looking through like dance comp catalogs and the Eastern completes were always, they were the shit back then, like at 2008, 2009, like yeah. my buddy, my buddy Cleon, who was my, my BFF coming into BMX, he got an Eastern complete and it just did so well. It's crazy for like yeah. for back then how like, and I, I'm trying to remember if it was 48 spokes still at that, at that point in time, but either way, yeah, Eastern was like the best and all the BMX forums and BMX or whatever, all the forums were talking about Eastern completes being the the best. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what did you ever ride that Grim Reaper frame with all the holes in it? Good. Yeah, I had, I had one. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. How, did it hold up? <laughs> it held up to me because you know, like I I'm I'm not doing dead man drops or anything like that. You know, it, yeah. it's in a rare occasion I would do something like big where it's like hard impacts. You know, what I mean, like every once in a while I'll do something like that, but. For the most part, you know, my riding was always pretty much just like lines and you know, yeah, curbs and ledges, and that's why I yeah. fucking loved you, dude. 
<laughs> I got used, I used to get made fun of so much because I loved sessioning just a curb like a mani pad yeah. and That's trying to do you know backlash full cab and you know 185 40 cab all that stuff and yeah that's that's, that's all you need man like that's I, I learned how to manual when i was a little guy on like uh the this four-way stop that was the end of my road it had like a like a round curb uh sidewalk and i would one chunk was missing on one side i used that to pop up the nice and and that manual and get into that vertical jet ski manual because you're Got too it. small but <laughs> that's a funny visual dude i wish i had some uh, footage of that because it was some of my old old buddies from way back then they bring it up and like yeah uh, we about that actually last weekend we were riding last sunday at park and they we were joking about it you're the og 12 o'clock boy that's because now there's that whole uh trend of people on motorcycles and actually not even motorcycles mountain bikes doing wheelies and being super vertical and then you've seen that shit where they skirt like by the trucks and shit yeah. that's what you were doing when you were a little baby yeah that's funny and then so what is ezra is that under eastern so yeah ezra was a new parts company that was under the eastern roof um that uh was go is a totally new kind of concept one of the things that uh kind of stirred up some stuff a little bit within the the bmx world was that the, they was going to do direct consumer mm. and that was new to um to the bmx world obviously it's been done it was being done in about every industry you know right um, but that was new to bmx and um it ruffled some feathers a little bit. And, um, there was a, obviously when me owned a shop back then we had a shop, we've been doing a shop forever. And, um, that wasn't something, let's just say that it was, it was, a, it ended up being a little bit different once I was in there and decided to step back from shadow and be completely under the Eastern roof of Eastern and Ezra it was a little different than I anticipated. And unfortunately the company went, uh, in a direction that, um, uh, you know, it was something that I, I wasn't, uh, I just wish it would have went in a different direction. It didn't, let's just put it that way. And, um, um, well, dude, you can't just say that. Give me something <laughs> <laughs> like, um, you know, like I'm trying to think the best way to put it. Um, I'm trying to see, like, I don't know. It's, it's hard to put it in words. Really, I'm trying, I'm trying to remember back to in that era too, of what all was going on, but it, it's just, um, that once they started the direction consumer was too much. And, um, there was just some decisions made. Like I didn't know in the company of course, you know, I was just a writer. It was me. Um, me, Dan Foley was on there. Rob Darden, um, was involved, I believe for a short bit. Um, and Nick Anderson, which was uh, a Minnesota guy um, as well. And it was, uh, it, it just, it didn't go in the direction that I'd hoped for. And it just, um, it got to the point where things just didn't work out and we had to part ways as well. You know, it's interesting I, to think about like the actual, like fulfillment of doing a direct to consumer you know, like bike operation, like you, you really take for granted what we have now with Amazon, but like the infrastructure that you need to do that type of shit, like you're just packing boxes all day long. And I, that's, that's interesting versus yeah, the traditional model of like just selling to local bike shops, yeah, they and skipping that entirely. 
at first that's how I ended up being at the, out of the gate, which was kind of, it was funky. You know, I was like, Oh, you know, it was, again, it, 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 it was ended up being a little bit different than I anticipated. And then I was like, look, we need to get in shops. Let's, 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 let's get in shops and uh, go that direction because you know, the, now the direct consumer is 99% of every BMX brand sells yeah. direct consumer, you know, like, so like, it wasn't one of those things where like, I thought that there wasn't a place for direct consumer at the time, even being an owner in a shop. Cause you know, there's, um, there's places for online and mellower. I mean, just like even take direct consumer out of the equation. It's, you know, shops has always had to battle big mail orders that has like the, yeah. the, the bigger buying capital and things like that. Right. Um, but there is still, there's a place for mail orders though. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's tons of areas and local communities that don't, kids don't have a spot to go walk into. Right. Um, I don't get me wrong on the flip side of that bigger mail orders and direct consumer plays a, some type of role into keeping, you know, hurting shops in general. But at the same time, I'm not, I'm not one to say there's no room for mail orders or direct consumer buying period. Like the, it's, it's all about that balance. You know, you, you got to have the balance. Like we can go on a big old dive deep into, you know, what makes a good shop and how it keeps a good shop successful versus let's go. You've been running you know, a shop for how long? It's been a long time, man. Um, 26 years technically. Cause my brother started it That's um, awesome. when I was young and what, so we've what have you learned? What? Well, how do you keep a, sh a bike shop and it's specifically like BMX freestyle shop is not easy to keep alive. And yeah, it's, it's super tough, man. Like, um, and, you know, it's, it involves a lot, like there's a, there's a lot of, we can go back and forth of like, you know, going back on the direct consumer and mail order uh, topic, like that hurts shops don't need it, blah, blah. But there is a space for that. Cause not every kid's going to have a shop, you know? And then also there's also the flip side too, of like, there's people that maybe don't know how to run a shop properly and that's why they're not successful too. So it goes both ways, you know, it goes, it goes both directions. That's not just one thing that's doesn't allow things, allow it to happen, you know? Um, and I think some people get caught up too much on the one thing or whatever, vice versa. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, run a shop is like, if it was about the dollar, we would have closed doors long time ago. You know what I, I mean? Like it's, I believe it. Definitely yeah. a, a, a passion for sure. And really wanting to, um, like with our shop, we're very community-based, like very heavy community. -based. We do a bunch of events um, for all ages, not just, you know, your core BMX rider or anything like that. We we want we want everybody. You want your core yeah. BMX riders. We want little Johnny that's just getting into the, the uh, getting into yeah. learning about get, what BMX is. You get know? some moms out there on some cruisers. Yeah, get the whole family rides. out, man. Like, um, yeah. If you go to like, if you go to like our shops, Instagram, um, at pointer bros, um, you can kind of scroll back and see some of like our events and what they're about. And we do, we do summer jams. We do Halloween events. We do like 12 and under Easter egg hunts at the skate park, you know, nice like, wholesome just, stuff. That's a great. bunch of variety, variety of a little bit of everything. You know, we do group rides, you know, yeah. um, the shop, no doubt, has been a huge part of my life for sure. You know, like How I, did it start? Why did your brother start it? So rewind. There's so many different layers like with, with the history of like riding for me. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. you know, like I said earlier, my brother was into, um, heavily into paintball. And his first shop was a paintball store and like an indoor paintball field. But it was like, again, we didn't have the funds. So like 
he worked out a deal with this building owner where a percentage X amount per head per entry fee for each player went to the rent, went, went to the, the owner of the building. So there wasn't like a set rent price, you know what I mean? Okay. So like, yeah. we just, so that was like the first, um, like alternative sporting goods shop, I guess you could say. So that was paintball only. And then, um, soon after that is when we started getting into the BMX stuff and he started a, a shop and this is like VHS days. Like I remember being, nine years old or something being in the shop and like we had vhs tapes you could rent bmx videos like yes you know i missed the days where like i went into the bike shop and there was a couch and a tv set up and you could watch whatever latest dvd came out like when the dvd was on its way out but it was still like yeah, so, that feeling of sitting there with your homies is the best yeah, so even for like the vhs even you know wearing the vhs tapes out you know just watching the, the main videos like over and over so <clears throat> that was um so we had a small shop again this is like no complete bikes it's just like parts and like frame pads and stuff you know and like stickers this is a little devil era too so some like all the classic little devil shirts were hanging on the wall i remember um there's you know within a 20 26 year span of doing shops there's so many different eras of of the shop i mean there was times where we had the shop out of our living room at one point in time nice which didn't necessarily you know you know, it was, we, we just worked with what we had, you know, like, um, we, we had some grips and stuff on the wall in the living room and like whatever little parts we could get. Cause we just, um, we were making, uh, we were making calls to distributors to get some grips or whatever it may be on the pay phone that was down the street. We had no home phone. Why? You know? Yeah. So like we literally would be going down, like, that's true story. Like we go down the street to the pay phone call up the distributor or whatever and like make a small little order. And then sometimes we'd have to wait at the payphone because the the sales rep or whatever would have to call us back to like give us a price on something. So we'd be hanging out at the payphone and like my brother would pick up the phone, you know. Um, act like it's a phone or it's a shop number. Thank you for yeah. calling pointer bros. How can I help you? <laughs> yeah. Again, like we just worked with what we had, man. We and um uh we just we, we just loved loved it. We lived it, you know what I mean? Like every yeah. aspect of it. And um you know, he was heavily involved with paintball and we started getting a BMX. We was like, all right, we'll just start selling some goods too, you know? And, uh, we were out of a, a van, an old Astro van. We'd travel out to different little skate parks and we had, again, little parts and stuff hung in, hung up on the back of the, the back of the van where we ripped the seats out and we had a little black and white checkered floor, you know? That's sick. That's so, fucking interesting. Entrepreneurial. The point so, of bros. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one air of the shop was, uh, it was actually out of a hotel room. Huh. <laughs> so it, it was like an old school two-story hotel and it, they they quit they they didn't do it it wasn't a hotel anymore so they started renting the owner of that the hotel building started renting the bottom floor out to different businesses so there was like a an insurance company and there was like a tattoo parlor or something and there was our shop that's and, smart uh, of, the, and, of the hotel uh, owner that's cool i like yeah, that so a lot cool. So it had a shower in there. So I lived, I lived out of the shop at that point. Like nice. I was pretty young and like, then I just wanted to ride all the time. So like this, this shop was during this era of the shop, it was in a town over that had a local outdoor skate park. And I did not have one in our town. I lived in at the time, which was Newcastle. I've yeah. always lived my whole life um, pretty much. And um, so I was like, I want to start going to school there and I'll just run the shop and I'll live, I'll live in the shop behind the counter. I'll sleep on the floor. And I did that for like a year. I think that was like my sophomore year of high school. Wow. 
And so that was like, I just lived BMX like nonstop, you know? So I would get up, get picked up by uh, a buddy, go to school, leave school, run the shop, close the shop, go ride the skate park. So super late at night, come back, repeat, like all Amazing. How uh, at like you're 13 or 14, 15, some sophomore year, you're 15 or 16. Yeah. yeah so, somewhere around there. So again, I'm jumping a little airs a little bit with, yeah, with but dude, topics. what a life experience to like, just live on the floor in the back of a, in the back of a bike shop for yep. sophomore year of high school. That's awesome. You, you lived BMX dude, or still am or still yeah, I mean, are. Yeah. I'm still riding stuff and I still, um, <clears throat> obviously there's no, it's more relaxed approach. You know, I'm in my mid thirties now and like, I've moved on to um, a different career, like of, you know, obviously there's not any, like we're getting rich, riders are getting rich off, you know, riding no. BMX, you know, there's, yeah. there's a select few, it's made a good chunk of change for sure. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, um, you know, at my prime, I wasn't, I wasn't buying houses, but I was paying the rent and I was paying the bills and I was able to travel all over because of my bike, I was, was amazing. Super, super thankful for that, you know, yeah. thankful for it, proud about proud about it you know um and um that's been a common theme on these it's just like you the the free travel the memories you get to make the like being with your homies overseas or wherever you get to go is like it makes it all worth it and for sure also just the recognition you know it's the title of i'm a pro bmx rider it's dope <clears throat> what's your new career so my official title is digital marketing manager for uh dye paintball so um one of the largest paintball brands yeah. and based out of San Diego. Um, you, you may remember die snow. They, they were in the snow game for a little bit and they also owned pro tech at one point in time. No kidding. Nice. Yeah. So, so as, what does a digital marketing manager do? Well, that's my official title, but I, I wear a, a few hats there. So I do all the graphic design. I handle all the social media. Um, I come up with, marketing strategies and ways we release a pro new product, whether it be a paintball gun or a goggle or whatever it may be. So yeah. kind of the wizard behind the curtain in a sense, you know, so like if you go to, you know, at die paintball, the Instagram or something about 90% of all that content is what I'm creating. So I do shoot photos, do a little bit of video, slight, a little bit of video. Um, and, um, anything that's, uh, is digital visually that you know it's yeah. a role in that you know so i think we have the same job but i just do it for a like real estate coach slash okay. in influencer so i'm you know behind like what he's saying and making little reels and sticking to a schedule of posting do you guys do you have a do you have a hard schedule for how many reels and tiktoks <laughs> you post a day a little bit it's it kind of that stuff changes so much man it's like yeah. it's tough to even keep up at like my recipe is kind of doing a mix of it all and kind of switching things around a little bit. Um, it, it just changes so much. And there's a lot of luck involved in my opinion too, with that stuff, like mm -hmm. algorithms and all that stuff. And I'm, I don't really nerd out on that type of stuff. I don't, it's tough for me to get involved with like the analytics of that, but it's definitely part of the job for sure. But I just like creating and like making cool stuff and make it appealing to, um, to the viewers, you know, and like paintball is a huge passion of mine too. Like, I even, even though like during the whole time of riding, I also played paintball. And then like, as I got older, my brother and I, um, started competing again together and we like had a team. Like, so I, as I was riding, I also was doing paintball too. That's dope. I have a buddy who does paintball and he, he posts behind the scenes or he posts clips of him. And I'm like, that's fucking intense, right dude. It's like, yeah. just, 
just like BMX, you know, it, it has its own whole world, you know, like it's got its culture and like, you know, you have street riding, you got uh, racing, you got ramp, it's, it's paintballs, you know, it has its different disciplines and different elements and all that stuff too. You know, it's just obviously yeah. a completely different thing. Have the pointer bros made a name for themselves in the paintball industry too? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, we definitely, um, uh, we, we've been like world champions and stuff like that, um, in paintball. So yeah, I mean, we've done a little bit, you know, with it. Yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> did, he, did he just breeze over? We've been world champions. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we, we've, uh, we've, we've done some stuff on it. And so like, like I said, there's definitely a pretty competitive side to me, you know, but I only, it only gets brought out when it's like appropriate and paintball is a very highly competitive thing. Yeah. You know? So, um, um, so it's a good outlet for that for, for me. Yeah. Let's not breeze over this. Tell me about being a world champion paintballer. What the fuck? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's a world like in the whole world. So there's different leagues, uh, within paintball, you know, there's different types of leagues. And there was one league called the UWL, which is ultimate woods ball league. And it was basically just really high intense games in the woods. Like, I mean, have you seen like, um, kind of like the inflatable bunkers? Have yeah. Well, play on that. So that's like your modern day, um, top tier athletes are playing that. And then there's also, um, there's also a whole like woods division too, you know, where you're playing in the woods. And okay. so we played, uh, in that league and it was an open division. So kind of whoever showed, showed whether you're a high top player, pro player, or you're someone that's not even ranked yet. So it's like the ranking system is kind of little, little difficult to do within the paintball world to, to really clearly set that, you know, set, set the players apart, but there's somewhat a system there, but, um, but yeah, we just tra we traveled all around for that. Um, we did some international stuff too. And, um, and we, we had pretty good su success with how many people are on a team. There's three men, there's five men, there's 10 men teams, there's seven men. So there's, again, there's different type of, yeah. so we did pretty good. We, we did really good in 10 men. And then five men was like our main thing. We had, it's less guys to manage, you know, yeah. Yeah. it's, managing a 10 man team is a full-time job if you want to like stay at the top and like be be winning consistently you know what's it like when you're out in the woods and you're actually like trying to are you screaming at your teammates like it, it, it varies left, flank left like, you know <laughs> what i mean like what what what's like some jargon so, from paintball what do you guys scream i mean there's definitely codes and whatnot like there's certain sweet spots where you're like you stay focused on one, like you'll, you'll, you know, that the other team's going to for sure put a guy in this certain bunker, there's certain spot. So that's like a sweet spot. And you stay on that spot to make sure you get that. If you get this guy out, he's a key key guy and it opens up uh, one wire, one tape line of the field for you to swing around. And maybe you're shooting guys in the back, which is super fun. You know, like, it's, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's gotta feel good to get, get around and shoot him in the back. Yeah, exactly. So what? it's, uh, again, I mean, it's, it's it, it's probably gonna sound really foreign to a lot of guys especially bmx dudes and riders if you haven't played you know and there's 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 styles where it's like scenario type playing where you just go and you just go play for fun and then there's the actual tournament stuff where it's like real athletes you know yeah. and that whole and that we did that for a good while and we, um we've taken a little bit of break from it here um past couple seasons and we just kind of guessed it for teams here and there but like i said paintball was my brother's like that was his first passion with uh 
and uh he's an amazing player and i've learned everything from him and it's a cool passion man i've gone yeah. i've gone like to two separate occasions just like a fun let's go paintballing and i'm oh, it's terrified i'm just standing behind a wall the yeah, entire yeah. time like i don't even want to peek my face around yeah i'm scared yeah. i'm gonna get, i'm gonna get shot <laughs> <laughs> and then there's always the one like dude who's actually pretty decent and he's like confident and he rushes your team and takes out the entire guy i'm like yeah yeah oh, dude, that's, a, that's a whole another world man you gotta yeah. be willing to yeah what, what was like that's an interesting thing is just like in order to start a new like going a new sport or a new hobby or something you have to be willing to suck at it for a while and then get better you know yeah. Like for me, it was podcasting, sucking at it for however long and sl slightly getting better and better. But yeah, that's how that's, that's I've, what I've life's all about. Last, I've seen some of the last few episodes. You're professional now. So there's yeah, we out here. It's all about the microphone. That's it. And having your dog in the background. That's that's it. <laughs> <laughs> What's next for Carl Pointer? What are you working on now? Currently, today. Mm -hmm. You're working uh, your job. You got your... Yeah, the do you have a kid? Like, no kids. No kids. I got two cats. Nice. Yeah. Uh, got engaged to uh, to my lovely Allison this year. Shout so, out, lovely Allison. Congrats. Yeah, How did you propose? So, um, did there's a went to a lake, and I I, I kind of messed it up a little bit. I kind of gave it away. <laughs> so, um, I went. There's like this mountain bike trail system. I, I ride mountain bikes too. I ride every all, all everything you know road bikes mtb whatever but obviously bmx being the main um but uh so i kind of told her i was like i'm gonna go ride a ride this mountain bike trail this morning and maybe come out and meet me after and we'll go on a hike or something we ain't, we ain't done it in a while well i i kind of cleaned up and took a shower before i left for this mountain bike ride and <laughs> threw it off there it, it so it kind of you know she got kind of got a little suspicious on that and so I went out there and I, um, I cut out an old trail that used to be there, like a walking path. And I went out there with like trimmers and I cut it out. So it's like fresh walking trail. And it like led to this certain like opening path next to the water. And I had like some stuff set up and like, um, I planted a flower within that path. So it was like a random, just like perfectly nice flower. And like, just did a little, did a little, some extra stuff there. And, uh, and just kind of got down the one knee at the, at the opening and, pop the question and well done yeah, yes so yeah just, did you like film it i it's almost it's even better if you didn't that's didn't awesome film it, no. no filming yeah that's really sick like, yeah. i love that so yeah, that's just to, the moment between you guys yeah that's yeah, so dope one to stick stick with that and then uh so that that's been a pretty big uh standout thing for uh this year and then um another big one would be um uh, the shop that i'm in right now is uh we own it. No more renting, man. Like a big feat for us. Um, we've Huge. rented for two decades and um, finally bought this, this spot and um, it was a complete mess. It was a dump to say the least. It's in pretty bad shape. And um, this past summer was a blur really because I mean, it was just a lot of work went into this spot and um, we did everything. Me and my bro and a handful of BMX buddies would come in and help when they could. Um, shout out to all those guys and um, for like for like, demolition and redoing all the drywall and like all the renovation that's everything crazy. Yeah, yeah everything you see from me that wall there the ceiling all yeah. redone. we had to gut it all we, i mean we hauled over thirty thousand pounds out of this place it was sheesh pretty gnarly pretty yeah. gnarly. and um so that we 
it feels awesome walking in here every day and like having our own spot again like i said the shop's been a huge part of my life and our local scene and what we've done with uh, throughout all the years of, of doing a shop and it's been over like i said 26 years technically yeah. um and uh we've been through all the like like all the shops i was mentioning earlier all these different shops along the way always renting always fixing up other people's stuff and there was times where we had two pairs of grips on the wall you know and then yeah. now we got a hundred pairs on the wall and there's you got options and like a writer comes in if they're looking for something we got them covered like you know in stock ready to go so it feels feels awesome to to have that and be be in that spot now you know do you have like employees running the shop not any set employees just my bro handles majority of it i come in when i can um i definitely hold it down the weekends and stuff and then um because my full-time gig takes up you know obviously yeah it's a for full, sure full-time job takes up it's number one as far as work goes um but uh you know at night or very early mornings or whatever it may be. Sometimes I work on California time because they're based in, my full time is based in California. Sometimes I work on their time. Sometimes I'll work on like East coast time. So like I can kind of switch things up a little bit and I might be able to do some shop stuff in the evening or yeah or whatever. And do you guys do labor? I'm curious. Cause like, yeah. I know the shops here. So like who's doing the labor you, you and your brother wrenching. Yeah. Did a little wrenching earlier. Matter of fact, no kidding. Good for you. Yeah, and we got buddies, get buddies that come in and lend a hand and, and you know we'll hook up and stuff like that yeah. if it gets, gets too out of hand and get and, some bike building help because of the holiday season all the completes yeah know? yeah and you know like i said the, the shop is it's very it's always been very community based hub like we want it to feel um, very welcoming when you walk in like not to go on a tangent but like i love checking out new shops whether it's a skate shop a BMX shop or a traditional bike shop or whatever. And, you know, there's definitely some good shops out there. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But also throughout the years, I've always experienced of going in a shop and it not really feeling welcoming, like all the way, you know what yeah, I mean? I know exactly what you mean. And that's something that we've never, we've never been a fan of that. And we never wanted our shop to ever feel that way. And I, I feel like, um, I feel like we do a good job of like, of not allowing it to be that way. You know, I think it's, it's fun when you walk in, you know, like we have stickers in the glass case for the kid that has 50 cents. So he can buy, so he can feel like he can buy something, you know, and, and yeah. we, we don't even want people like, but you don't have to buy something to come in the shop. You know what I mean? Like yeah. um, you just come in, hang out. And like today we had a couple people in tears, you know, like just because of deep life conversations of whether it's, maybe some negative stuff that's going on in their life and they're needing somebody to talk to, or it's some happy stuff. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. and then, so like, like I said, today we had, a, there's, there was a couple of tears shed today and like in the shop and like, it's much more than just a bike shop, you know, and always, it's always been that way. You know, you don't have to say their names, but what's the story? The tears shed. Um, one of them, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll share the, I'll share the good one, the good, the good stuff. Um, um, a mother came in and, um, she was talking about, uh, somehow we got on the subject of, uh, she noticed a video that we posted on, on Instagram, um, of teaching a little girl how to ride without her training wheels, you know? And so this is a pretty cool state. So like her seeing that video we, we were watching and she just, she's, she's like, it just touched her, you know, like see, and she knew the backstory. Cause we kind of told her the backstory a little bit and like, she's kind of teared up and got me a little emotional too, you know, like it, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was, it was cool. So like recently the, we had a, a new family come in the shop 
and uh, not into bikes, nothing like that, you know, and just they had a 10 year old boy. Uh, the mom and dad had a 10 year old boy and they got a, a little girl and then another older boy too. And the 10 year old boy was the one interested in getting a bike. And um, the mom was like, you know, he's still in training wheels and uh, but he's interested in getting a bike, like a BMX bike. And he now he's just on like a department store bike or whatever. I said, well, we, you know, we could definitely work with him on uh, the training wheel thing. You know, we can, we, we have you know, we're more than, more than happy to work with him that's, uh, in our parking lot. That's another thing that's cool about our new spot. We have a safe, good parking lot that's fenced in that nice. we can do that type of thing you know so the mom decided to go out and do a frame up build for for a boy like just went full board with it oh wow yeah we did a custom build he came in picked out his colors and like really had a lot of fun with that like pulling off different tires off and like seeing what it looks like with the frame and just getting that color combo down and it was like once we get this built we'll schedule out a time and we'll get your training wheels on there and 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 we'll start uh we'll start we'll start in the parking lot see where we go and we didn't tell him this but my brother and i had already planned that we did weren't gonna put training wheels on there we're just gonna see what we could do and not not let him have that crutch right out of the gate yeah and then, but if he needed them no problem we'll put them on you know if, if we felt like that was that was necessary and um he came and we uh we literally was on each side of them. My brother's on one side, I'm on, and we're holding them and just walking with them from one end to the next end of the parking lot. And um, he was definitely far, far from being able to balance on his own, right? And yeah. uh, so, okay, this is gonna be it's gonna be a little bit of a challenge, but no, no worries at all. Long story short, by the end of the evening, it was dark. He was riding from one end of the parking lot to the other by himself, no training wheels. Hell yeah! So like. <laughs> yeah like, that's a that's a teary story man i'm gonna be getting happy that's yeah, like that, i mean that was one rad. of the biggest moments in that kid's life you know it was and then the parents so like it gets even better bobby like i mean the parents super excited and and it was cool that the parents was uh they were able allowing us to to do this with his kid too you know that was really cool like the dad was there and this and that and and um so they're getting the parents are getting excited the little sister, she's still on training wheels. She gets a BMX bike too, so they her and her brother can ride together. And like, we're, we're going to work with you next after we get him down, because like the next step with him was like turning. All right, we're going to meet next time you come here. We're going to work on turning. You know, yeah. um, the dad gets excited. He gets a 26 inch BMX bike, right, to ride with his kids. Nice. Then the mom is getting excited. We did a custom bike for her, frame up build. Hell yeah! Dude. So now the whole family is riding, and then we taught the we taught the little sister. She's now riding without training wheels too. And oh, yeah, if you that's again, so wholesome. It's it, crazy. It, yeah. it, that just that stuff like keeps us going, man. Like that stuff, that's what matters to us. Like that's yeah. like it's um it's cool. I mean, me and my bro, we had a pretty cool, like special moment. Like whenever we posted the video, we posted a video of that little girl riding and stuff, and like like we just both watched it and we're like, we kind of just had a little like got a little emotional. We was like, yeah. This ain't our kid, but man, this is like hit, hitting us, you know, like, yeah, for real. It's so, going to yeah. hit me when I have a kid and he can or get him, get he, yeah. he or her to get them off training wheels. That's a big deal. That's a yeah, huge yeah. deal. I still remember my dad doing it for me. So it's like, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, amazing. yeah so stuff like that, man, like that, that, that's, that's the shop's always been about that. It's been much more than just a bike shop, man. And we, we really want to grow on that. And, um, we have a skate park that's 500 feet down the street from nice. us. And that's been, a, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother era of, of a story too, because it's been 
two decades in the making to get a, a public city funded space in our in our town you know what i mean and indoor or outdoor outdoor it's a nice concrete park it's got cool. a little bit of everything and we're expanding phase two is, is going to happen um next spring early summer as well so we're going to have like uh it's going to double its size and nice. be one of the largest in the state so it's like long time coming for that man like this new chapter with like the, the new shop of owning our own spot uh having a finally a, a public park to ride and and be able to utilize and mesh with what we already do with like events and stuff and yeah that's huge so it's 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 a really cool chapter man and my full-time job engaged like you yeah know, life, is, life is good man life's super, good super and you, did you say you were born in 92 so you're 34 Eight, right? 88, 88 88 oh yeah i went the other way in my head but yeah i'm i was born in 90 so i'm 32 you're 34. Yeah. it's crazy because I, I like in my brain since i idolized you when i was a kid but you were only two years older than me when I was watching your <laughs> video. That's so trippy, man. That's pretty wild. Yeah. I appreciate the love, Bobby. That's cool. Really appreciate you, it. You were way better at 17 than I ever got at even at 21, you know? I, I, I saw I saw that mediocre, mediocre at best video part. All. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, finally another one next year, you know? Yeah. Awesome. It does, does take a while. This is definitely the last, last full length video that I'm ever going to try and take charge of. But yeah, because uh, real life gets in the way doing your mm -hmm. your actual job and then this podcast and then long distance girlfriend now and okay all, all gotcha. these things coming into play. Yeah. So and not to mention this little booger, my dog. I spoil him. I take him to the dog park all the time. Like take him on bike rides almost every night. It's, it's cool. a whole it's a whole thing. We got her. My I lived my twenties as if I was gonna die before I was thirty, and then. Mm -hmm. I, but next thing I know, I'm like 28. I'm pushing 300 pounds. I'm an alcoholic, and I'm like, ah, I guess I'm gonna be around for a while. I should make some changes. And I'm, you know, four years later, I have this routine of I'm going to bed early, waking up early, have responsibilities, and yeah. taking care of myself. It feels good. That's that's, that's weird. Awesome. That's yeah, a little good. tangent, but yeah, good stuff, man. That's 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 good. That's that's a positive. That's positive stuff, man. That's that's yeah. That's really about for sure like, you don't strike me as a party guy you never were did you ever do the party thing on the road or you stay away from <laughs> um, your parents definitely definitely i mean i went to bars with the buds and and i can still go to a bar and hang out but never drank never smoke was definitely more uh i know you never drank I, I could tell you never drank never not drank. a single drink huh never drank no good for no. you um no smoking um Hell, the hell, there's even a time where I was doing no caffeine. I really don't do caffeine now either, but like I do like my uh, chocolate milkshake. So there's a little caffeine in there. <laughs> and, and some sugar. You know, we can we can yeah. drink some sugar. Sugar's a drug, Carl. Um, I hate yeah. to break it to you, man. Hey, you're I, a I drug addict. To, I try to keep it minimal. Hey, I'm a functional sugar addict, okay? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, but like, you know, obviously I've had friends through the years that was uh partaked in uh, that type of thing but just never was was for me you know like it just didn't um didn't appeal to me you know like um good i envy that it appealed and, uh, to me i was like i want i wonder what this feels like and what that feels like and what that feels like you know yeah. so if you ever want to know i could tell you what it all feels like anyway <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's let's go through some rapid fire before we wrap it up i i always do mount rushmore who's your Mount Rushmore oh, of uh, all-time BMX riders. I, I, mean, thought gonna, I thought you were going to hit me with this one, Bobby. Um, 
that's tough, man. Like I could easily like, if we're, if we're speaking on riding only, I could easily do like, you know, the Garrett Reynolds, the Dennis Anderson. Those dudes are obviously the best ever yeah. to ride a bike, you know, like those type of guys. And, but like, for me, like my Mount Rushmore riders are more so like guys that I've gotten it. Not only was a big fan of their riding, but also was, um, got to know them as, as people too, you know, like, um, so, I mean, I'm throwing Johnny D up there, Johnny Devlin. Hell yeah. Um, Chad D, you know, Chad, Chad the in there. yeah. Um, Adam Banton, you know, like I, I even when such a, even back in Roots Jam days, like I, I remember standing in line and he was at the hot dog stand or whatever, the consistent stand. I remember seeing him in line. I was like, man, I really love your riding now. Like I loved his riding back then, you know, like just yeah. creative stuff. And then, um, I don't know this person on a personal level, but always been a fan. Got to throw Taj in there. Taj Mahalich for sure. Yep. I've never, I don't think I've ever met Taj either, but you can tell that he's a nice, nice, nice guy. Yeah. That's, that's a theme in that, in that, in your Mount Rushmore right there is everybody's so nice. Adam Benton is one of the nicest, yeah, nicest yeah. human beings in the world. He's just making yeah. his own granola. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. Still doing his thing. I think he still lives out here. Yeah, he's out there with his wife. They're doing the granola thing. Um, I've been wanting to go out there and visit him for a long time now. We always talk about it and stuff when we when we catch up on the phone and stuff. But um, I'll get out there someday. He's he's yeah. on, he's on a lot of MTB stuff now too. Um, yeah, he's on it. He he loves that trail riding stuff. If dude, if you ever come to Arizona, you don't hit me up. I'll be. I'm hitting you up for sure. Yeah, Definitely hang out. Uh, I did yeah. not expect you to have an accent. Did you know you have an accent? Got that Midwest twang in there. A little yeah, twang. a little twang, a little twang. Yeah. <laughs> I don't obviously don't notice it, but like people that don't live in the like in this area, they'll yeah. they'll say you know got like the guys in Cali and stuff. They'll they'll notice it. You got that Indiana twang. Um, okay, so we got the Mount Rushmore. Uh, what was your all-time favorite uh, BMX video? Like, I guess not all-time favorite, but like most influential. What was the VHS that you ruined the heads on? the most um swin american muscle interesting okay cool that okay. was what year did that come out props did that props did film that um would that be was that a 99 release i think schwinn american muscle let's see i want to say that was a 99 release maybe earlier it had joey garcia was in there matt paul camp um who else was in that part 1997 Okay, 97. That makes more sense. Okay. So Alan Foster, Brian Foster, Pat Demi, the Pat DeMay, Dave Asato, Pat Miller, Jay Miron. Damn. Yeah. It, have you seen that video? No. Never watch it. On the list. Put it on the list, Bobby. I'll put it. it. Um, so that makes sense that it was 97 because I started riding actual BMX in 97. You know, that's when I actually like, okay, I got a BMX bike now. And I remember watching that video, getting that video watching it, watching Joey Garcia's part and seeing him manual on some brick ledges, I think it was. And I was like, that is insane. Like, I was, I was like, how is he doing that? I was like, could not figure out how he was, you know, had that front end without pedaling like a willy, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, that blew my mind. And, and uh, so that stands out for sure. I remember that distinct feeling too, of just like wanting to learn manuals and how hard it is. Like you think you take it for granted now because your body knows how to do it. But like when you don't know how to manual on a bike yep. and you just start pulling up and just like, man, how am I going to do, how do you keep yep. it up? I would ride around my neighborhood at night and just 
on flat ground trying like uh underneath each street light try and do the whole light and i couldn't but you know with enough practice and time it happens and then all of a sudden you're doing it backwards you know yeah, all you need is a parking lot and a curb that's it yep. that's my guy kp <laughs> <laughs> all right what other what other rapid fire questions do i have i don't have my notebook here um so you, we video uh oh yeah so let's you were talking about your local community who are some writers that we should follow that are coming out of indiana um i mean it's weird. Like, I mean, there's a lot of, like, I pay attention to a lot of little guys, man. Like guys are just learning how to drop in, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. it's, um, and then I got obviously like my close dudes that are riding, like, uh, give a shout out to my buddy, Andy Sizemore. I've been riding with him forever. Um, Andy Sizemore. Yeah. Um, you mean, I'll have to get on him and say he needs to start posting more. Cause you, there's probably not a whole Smooth lot of like Swayze. Yeah. It's him. There he okay. is. All right. He'll be stoked to get a shout out on here. Uh, maybe to motivate him to uh, <clears throat> post some more stuff up. He says, getting my shit together. So Andy, get your shit together. And yep. uh, <laughs> that's cool. So, like, right. I, I had found like, we had like literally probably 10 years worth of footage of him. And he would be like super motivated on clock and clips. And then it kind of motivation kind of go away a little bit for whatever reason. And then, and then we'd start filming again. And, and then, and then eventually the footage got kind of so old. He's like, I, was, I, don't, I want to do something new. I want all new footage. All right. And then not too long ago, I just took all the footage without him even knew, knew I was, he didn't even know I was making anything. So I did this big edit and like, we got all like our main crew and like the locals and stuff together. And we like premiered it for him. He had like no idea what was going on. Oh, like, dude, that's so wholesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah so that. That, that was a pretty cool, there were some tears shed, shed on that night too, you know? In the yeah, shop. for sure. That's yeah. great. That was a pretty, pretty cool moment. Shout out some other locals, man. Even the young kids learning to drop in. Yeah, Little Hunter, man. Little Hunter, if you're watching this, man, keep 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 going. That's another little guy. That... Does Little Hunter have an Instagram? I doubt it. I doubt okay. it. <laughs> he, must be, he must be literally little, like yeah. five years old. <laughs> he's a little, little guy, man, but he's progressing a ton quick, like, man. Super, like, a lot, of these, a lot of these younger kids, man, they're, you know, ha they got the skate park here, and they have, they have our shop, which, I, you know, I think we play a role in the influence there, and all the events and stuff that we do. And do you have a TV set up where you can play YouTube videos in, in the shop? There's yeah, right. At the end of those bikes right there. We got a TV. Oh uh, yeah. Nice. So kids can see what's possible yeah. even if they don't have a cell phone. Cause that's like, I think it's so interesting is just the internet and the ad, like the spread of like, Oh, that's possible. Like you get to see the top of the top Garrett Reynolds doing bar spin to crank arm to bar spin out. And it's like, okay, so, if he can do all that, I could probably learn how to crank arm, you know, letting yeah. all the kids see what's possible and then add on to it. And I can't, I can't even fathom what the next generation is going to be like, like, yeah, it's going to be It's pretty awesome to see even, you yeah. know, right now, absolutely bonkers. And just like you said, imagine just five <laughs> years from now, man, like it's going to be yeah. keep going. Who's going to be it in five years from now. You know, I think Garrett's still got it in him. Garrett's going to keep going. He's, he can't be that much older than us, right? Yeah, he should he's probably around my age, I think. Yeah, he's still progressing. It's crazy. Yeah. And then, you know, a lot of the local, like, we with all our events, we, like, we do event videos with, I mean, like, we include all these kids and stuff in these event videos. So they're able to see themselves in these videos and stuff, too. And That's like, huge. They get motivated with that. And, yeah, that changes their life, literally. Yeah, we're we got kids riding wheelies in the video or whatever it may be. And that's another cool thing. That's like, 
with our area and like how we really tried to groom it to be is if you're coming in, if you could do a backflip or whatever, that's rad. If you can't even pop a wheelie, that's also rad. Like everyone, there's no one to impress, but yourself, you know what yeah. I mean? Like go at yeah. your own, go at your own pace, your own steps. And, um, you know, we need more of that, you know, we need more of that, like welcoming of all with yeah. regardless of what bike you're on or, or what skill level you're at or what crew you're a part of or whatever, man. Like, uh, just we're riding bikes, man. Let's just have some fun together. And, uh, yeah, that's the know. essence of it. I'd, I'd say that's pretty good advice. If I was going to ask you the next question of like, what advice do you have for young kids? That's it right there. You know, there we, we all go. just that's, have fun riding bikes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it can be as simple as that, man. Like, and you know, to, I guess to stem off of that too, as far as more advice toward like the younger guys or whatnot, um, you know, you got, you got a mind of your own, man. Just, just use it. You know, you're going to come across various things through life where, um, people's going to cut you down or they're going to say this and that, like use your own mind and make your own decisions, man. And just move forward. You know, like I wouldn't have done all the things throughout my riding career or life or whatever, you know, if I had listened to those that were always that was trying to cut you down or whatever it may be, you know what I mean? Just keep yeah. moving forward and then, uh, don't give up, you know, just keep, keep it rolling. Do you, and don't let the haters bring you down, you know, yeah, yeah. if you got yeah. haters, you're doing something right. Maybe yeah. unless, yeah. unless you're just objectively an annoying that's, person and you need to... <laughs> yeah, that's one, that's one way to look at it. But like, even, you know, you're always going to have those ones that are negative, but like, that's those handful, man. There's so much more positive people. Yes. That, you know what I'm saying? Like hundred percent. That's, that's what matters. That's what you need to focus on. You know, always like anytime your negative stuff's going to roll through every once in a while, but don't, don't put your energy into that, man. Just move on to, to the stuff. Yeah. And happens. if you have like a, a friend who you're starting to realize is a negative dude, you got to like reevaluate your friends, you know, cause you, you control who you hang out with. And for so, sure you know and stay away from negative people yeah that's another good point bobby i mean like sometimes you have to leave those certain friends behind in a sense and that's that's okay you know like you like yeah. you can reevaluate sometimes and sometimes it's, it's unfortunate it's got to roll that way but for you and and the, your other friends you know it's for it could be for the best you know so and it's good to be aware thinking back on that like i remember getting that advice from my dad when i was younger like 16 He's like, you're going to have, you're going to have completely different friends in 10 years. And I'm like, yeah, right. Dad, these are your, your world is so like tight that it feels impossible to leave the one negative friend, but like it's, it's facts. You, you grow up and you, uh, you can change, change your yeah. life by changing who you're around. Mm -hmm. Man, I didn't know all this cool, wholesome shit about you with the, the shop and right on. <laughs> all that stuff has been great. Yeah, um, man. What's your best memory from your BMX career? Like what, what are you most proud of accomplishment? Proud of, um, you know, if we were to say like those things of like, you know, being a part of road fools as a big standout, um, props should get, I think props, do, they do get a lot of credit, but maybe they should even get more credit on like how much they've done for BMX. All those guys over there. Yeah. I, Marco, Stu, Stu. Johnson, you yeah. know, like, they really did a lot for BMX, like in a positive way. So like being a part of road fools and like, um, the, the, just in the issue, the magazine issues too, that that's pretty big standout getting a ride covers, a big standout. If you want to talk about like those types of things, you know, but, 
Um, all that stuff is really cool and awesome, proud of, but like, I think the, without getting too, uh, too cheesy, but I mean, I'm just being real, you know, like getting those messages from kids or even adults of like saying that like you're writing or maybe an outlet towards life or whatever, like influenced them in a positive way or made some type of impact. Like that's pretty rewarding, you know, like, that's, Oh yeah. That's you're definitely good. A, that's definitely a big standout, man. Like, and so like, I'm anytime like a message like that ever rolled through or rolls through, like that does mean a lot to me. Like hearing you, Bobby, say that, you know, my writing had some type of impact, you yeah. know, in the study part, like that truly genuinely means like means something to me. You know, that's so like that type of stuff is like is the stuff that mattered to me most, you know? Yeah. It's crazy the ripple effect of the things we do, you know? Like if you never existed and you never film shook it's on my life would be completely different it, straight up like that's that's I, how I don't know about that that's how much it, that, i swear to god dude i wouldn't like if i didn't see your shook it's on part my bmx career might not have gone the the no, way that no it backwards went and angles for bobby yeah exactly i saw your part and i went straight to the basketball court and 180 and then start pulling up and try and figure it out and then full calves with pedal pressure and 540 calves the whole thing um <laughs> I see you're writing a little bit more, or at least you're posting yeah. a little bit more writing. Yeah, yeah. So um, <clears throat> I like, I think today or yesterday, you put three full cabs in a row. And I was like, I ain't mad at that. This is yeah, beautiful. Yeah, ballerina beautiful. clip. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, I go in kind of spurts. Like, I, you know, I'm, I still represent some brands today. I still ride. I'm out there riding and stuff. But like, there's no obligations. Like, there's no, there's no, the, there's no, there's a, no additional stresses of like, having to get these clips done or this video part done or the, you need to get, do this trick, yeah. get, these, get these shots in the mag or whatever, you know, like, so I'm, I'm, you know, I rep Deco, Chad, and we were good buddies, uh, rep profile, run the Z coaster, shout out, to, shout out to Matt Copeland stuff. He's always been supportive of me, um, since, uh, my last, after the Eastern days and stuff. How is the Z coaster, dude? What is that? Good. I hear a hype. You can switch it back and forth. Yeah, so you got you have to take it apart to make the switch. Okay, but uh, you can make it a cassette or a or a free coaster, obviously. And um, one thing I did have to, they're solid and re most reliable free coaster I've ever ridden for sure. Um, one thing that I had to get used to is you can hear the cassette sounds, and without because I use that pedal pressure, it engages that cassette sound because the pause come up. So like you would hear like the cassette and then go down to silent ninja mode. So like it took a second to get used to that. Huh? Weird. But, um, but no, super solid, super reliable. And then most recently, um, other brands that I rep is Merit. Um, shout out. To nice. Yeah, I saw Brennan you rocking a Merit Chris shirt. Risenberger over there. You know, shout out to those guys. And I know Chris Risenberger, uh, Risenberger, Risenberger. Sorry if I got your name wrong on that, Chris. But I've known him ever since. Um, very early days, which I think I didn't touch on this. My first free spell sponsor was kink and he oh, no was, kidding was with kink forever. So that was, that was way back. Um, you know, Ryan Sher was on there. Jim C had his signature frame and, um, uh, so I, was, I had like a little flow deal going with them. And, uh, that's when I remember I was a little guy, so they didn't have like a 20 inch, even top tube frame. And like, they custom made me a frame. It was like the Ryan Scher's signature frame, which was the Freebird, And um, I asked them to do it mountainless. And at the time there was no mountainless frames anywhere. And I was riding brakeless then. Yeah. And like, I remember, that, remember them kind of questioning, like, wait a second, you want, you don't want the brake mounts on there at all? I was like, no, I don't, I don't ride brakes. I don't plan on, I want that cleaner look. So 
I could be wrong on this, but I think I may could possibly take credit on having the first breakless frame actually made. But like the first production one was Edwin's with Fit, though. Yeah. So, but huh. I had that before that one came out. That's pretty neat. That's, of, yeah, that's pretty cool. Detail there. <laughs> yeah. And but, you're also a world champion paintballer. So, you know, he's a man of many talents. <laughs> what else are you good at? Paintball, BMX, running a business. Um, Digital, how, did you, how did you learn graphic design? Self-taught? Self-taught. Almost went to school with that um, because I could have took advantage of some stuff being covered with my parents and stuff, you know, being passed. And yeah, ultimately, I uh, decided I'm not going to go the school route and not, and uh, I'm just going to do it on my own, you know? Yeah. Um, so all the years of traveling um, for BMX and going on all these different trips, I had my camera. I had whatever camera with me. First start off with just disposable cameras, you know, and then I got a little handheld you know, digital. And then I had a phone finally. And so like, and then working with brands with like a signature product or whatever, and working with them with the bra with graphics, like again, early, early on, I was always into art. Um, so I was, that always intrigued me being involved in that aspect of things. Yeah. And then that was like my plan B. I knew like I wasn't going to be riding forever as a pro rider. And then, you know, wasn't going to get rich off riding, you know, and, and um, there would come a time where I would have to shift and start uh having a career to, to make a a bigger living you know yeah um, so like shooting photos and that type of thing was um plan b and so oh. i started started shooting photos did the wedding thing you know shooting weddings shooting getting my hands on whatever i could yeah um, started shooting photos for a paintball league started doing uh like event flyers for that league whatever i get my hands on and then that then that kind of Dude, flyers are hard. Like I've tried to make flyers and just to the spatial use and which yep. fonts, what fonts complement yep. other fonts and where to put the pictures. Like people <laughs> underestimate how hard it is to make a good looking flyer. A lot, a lot goes into it for sure. A lot, a lot goes into it for a good looking flyer, right? Yeah. Like, what um, software are you using? Adobe? All Adobe, all Adobe stuff. Illustrator, yeah. Photoshop, yep. um, you know, uh, Premiere Pro for video stuff. Yeah. Stuff. Um, um, yeah, I'd stick to Adobe stuff. Um, yeah mostly. same gang gang yeah. 20 bucks 20 bucks a month you get all that shit it's cool yeah um and uh so yeah so like just through really just in a weird way everything's all stemmed through riding bikes yeah like, it's same. all all stemmed through that you know like just the creative being creative and and getting interested in photography getting interested in design and and um so all that so i just slowly started working on plan b um yeah. throughout the years of like um and then uh it's led me to where i'm at now with a full-time i love my full-time gig with dyes great brand Been yeah. for years now um so how'd you how'd you first get the job i mean you're in the industry did you have to like apply for the job or was it word of mouth so Who, you well, i didn't apply um i had already been doing freelance work for the biggest league in paintball at the time and i was just basically going going to their events and um handling all their media at the time like whether it's video like i had like phone with me tripods cameras here like had my man army yeah everything just like tried to simplify as much as possible but i was like grabbing quick social media stuff and then i was grabbing stuff for post stuff after the event um yeah. so i think my work got started getting noticed there because they saw a tick uptick on like that league's presence and marketing and then also the original 
<clears throat> the guy that uh, used to be the digital marketing manager for Die, he also opened up a paintball field in Ohio. And um, I actually, I noticed his marketing and my brother and I reached out to him and said, you want, you want to work together, like and do some cool stuff together as like, as players with your field. I want to come check out your field, blah, blah, blah. We linked up. He saw what I was doing. I did a couple of things for uh, just random ads for his field and like our partner team up with him as players, as paintball players with that field. And then at the time he was wanting to focus on his field and, and, and kind of step away from that. And then it was kind of like a win-win. I kind of like, he was able to present me, he was able to walk away and then also die noticed in the, the, the paintball leagues uptick in the marketing be better. And like, Oh, you were doing that. And nice. I blew me out there. What I thought was like a job interview. And then they handed me over a business card with my name on it. And it was already a done deal. I was like, sick. Oh, so, <laughs> and that, been, so I've been with them uh, ever since. And then I just, I just work remote from home and stuff, you know, and home off the office and not a bad gig. Yeah. And then I just traveled to the the main events and, and like, you know, shoot content of like our sponsored teams and certain Good players things like that. What's, so, what's the, uh, if you're going to an event to shoot, what camera are you bringing? Um, little outdated on my gear. I must say I'm still shooting on a Mark two body for photos, just various lenses. Little outdated, dude. That's 2005. <laughs> yeah. But it, but it gets it done, man. Um, yeah. But upgrade is due soon. Like I want to get something a little bit smaller and, um, I urge you to switch to Sony, join the Sony family. I was looking at, I was looking at that. Yeah. 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 I highly recommend it. Even just yeah. like the, like primarily photo ones, the a seven four just came out. That's just fire. And just like the, I don't know when I made the switch, it was for the a seven S two for yeah. low light capabilities for video. And I was like blown away. And then it is like a different language. It's like switching from final cut pro to premiere pro. Yeah. It's like the same, but the menu system, it's like a different, slightly different language. But yeah, switching to Sony was a game changer for me. That's, yeah. This is my A7S II webcam right here. Yeah. I do a lot of stuff for my phone, man. Like, especially. Good oh, design. yeah. It's all like in the moment, live stuff, posting day to day when I'm at these events. So I'm just pulling out the phone and like grabbing quick content type stuff. And when it comes to that type, like social media content, you really don't need a big a big awesome camera like you just need a phone and the right taste mm -hmm. and the right idea like yeah. some of the stuff that we put a lot of effort into for my job where i like switch it into shooting flat and i color grade and make a proper you know like film flops and then we make a silly reel with just like just a phone of just him yep. walking with like some stupid voiceover and it goes viral and gets a million views. I'm like, uh, all right, <laughs> yep. what, is, what is this dude? Yeah. I thought I was saying like my, like going back to what I mentioned earlier, like the recipe I think is just to do a little bit of it all and mix it up, you know, yeah. like you have the polished stuff and then have the like kind of raw dirty stuff too, that sometimes gets the biggest hits, you know? You yeah, it does. Gonna get. <clears throat> and then I'm mixing, I'm trying to mix up, like I, I'm watching big, big time Instagrammers. They do carousels, like the, like they'll do a, a, you know, where you can swipe through and see yep. photos and videos. And I, those like, I'm like, that's interesting. Cause like reels were really big. And so we've done everything just to push reels, but now I'm like, we should probably do more carousel stuff, but it always, it's like always evolving and always changing and who knows what's next with everything. TikTok is spying on us. Yep. <laughs> and, <laughs> 
Um, all right. I think we're running out of time here. What was your favorite part of this interview, Carl? Getting to catch up with you, Bobby. Yeah, it's nice to talk to you. Yeah, I don't sure. know. I don't know if we've ever spoken like for ever. Is, actually, ever. Yeah. Well, this is the start. We're gonna we'll keep the we'll keep the communication going for sure. I love it, man. Thanks for doing this. Uh, Thanks for having me, man. It's been awesome. Yeah. It means a lot. Appreciate you. Any last words for uh, our our dig and Canode Nose audience? Uh, hopefully there was something interesting in that, in this whole, how long we've been going now? Has it been, are we at two hours? Yeah. Two hours. Two hours. So hopefully there was something in there. It was a lot of fun talking about, uh, old times. I think there's even some stuff we kind of skimmed over, but we'd be here all night long and we don't yeah. want to go too long, but thanks, Dig. Thanks Bobby for having me in mind. And, uh, it means a lot. Appreciate having me on. It's been fun. And the shop that you're in pointer bros pro shop. Yeah. At pointer bros pro shop. Cool. Anything else to follow you on or promote? I mean, uh, yeah, follow you dies and make him look good. Yeah. At die paintball D Y E. Um, and then just, I'm on Instagram, just Carl dot pointer. You can look me up there and shoot me a message, whatever. Um, I always respond. So cool, man. All right. Thanks, Thanks for coming on. See you guys later. Hello. You've reached the end of the video. Thanks for watching. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Mr. Carl pointer. I, it was, awesome for me. So I hope it was awesome for you. Don't forget to like, and subscribe, share the show with your friends. Big shout out to dig BMX for partnering with me on this podcast. And, uh, yeah, I hope you guys have a great holidays and happy new year and be safe out there and go do some wholesome shit like Carl. I don't know who's up next for the podcast, but we'll see you next Monday.